Good morning, good morning. So glad uh, just, yeah, just to worship together. Um, we just got back. We were uh, at a gathering of team leaders um, from around the Antioch movement. If you don't know, Antioch Community Church here in Bryan College Station is one church of about 44 churches in America that are Antioch churches from California to Boston to uh, Michigan, down to, I don't know where, everywhere. Um, so um, we want to plant more churches, but we're part of that uh, group of churches in America. And then there's over 85 teams um, overseas, so around the world and different nations that are preaching the gospel, that are making disciples, who are making disciples, who are making disciples, who are planting churches, ministering to people, baptizing people from Muslim backgrounds to Hindu backgrounds to Buddhist backgrounds to atheist backgrounds and because Jesus works for everybody. And um, that's what you're a part of. You're part of something more than just here, if you didn't know. You're part of a people that are committed to the Great Commission and doing our part in our lifetime, our slice of the pie, as, as I like to say, to see, um, to see Christ return one day. But our part to play in that is... We've got to share the gospel and make disciples and plant churches that are life-giving and reproducing and bringing people in that are broken and hurting and loving them through their pain and showing them Jesus because he has a solution for everything. And um, so that's what we're a part of. So that's where we were, we were hanging out with some of those folks this last week. Uh, an incredible time. And um, just to worship with them. Many of these team leaders have not been in a corporate worship setting since before covid um, in their countries. And so you can imagine if you've gone two or three years without worshiping in a setting like this, what that might do to your soul. Uh, so needless to say, God was moving powerfully, people to minister to. So that was just such a, such a joy. But this morning, I'm going to have Ashley mostly share, but I just want to encourage you that, you know, as we're talking about family and children today, and during this series that we're wanting just to talk about wholeness, how do we, how do we get whole, right? How, how do we get there? Um, that, that God really is giving us this kind of uh, fresh sense of this Isaiah 61 passage um, where we are called to be oaks of righteousness and where God is stirring us again to say, will you be the trees planted? Um, will you become an orchard, uh, so to speak, of oak trees that are planted for the display of his splendor? Um, because that's, that's what we're about. We're not, we're not here just to live for ourselves. And parents aren't there just to feed themselves. They're there to feed themselves and their children um, and their friends when they come over and, and others. And that is the picture of the church. That's the picture of the believer is, man, I want to receive from God and know him, but I also want to disperse that. It's the, uh, it's the I, I'm committed to him and to them, but it's a both and peace that God's called us to as a people. And um, especially when we talk about family man, what, what, what greater way to become a disciple of Jesus than to have kids, you know? And um, if you can't have kids, adopt kids, foster kids, uh, take care of someone else's kids for a while because, man, there's something in the, in the beautiful design of God that says, um, I will make you more like me the more you have to sacrifice, right? And if you're a parent in the room, um, raising children is sacrificial, and it's a pretty thankless job until maybe later on when they're like 20 or 30 and they're like, wow, thank you, mom and dad. It's like, I could have used that a while ago, you know, but um, 
But, but, that's, but that's okay because God's called us to that. And so there's a beautiful work God's doing around the world. Just want to encourage you that. We're not going to share everything this morning about all that. Uh, that'll be unpacked in the months ahead. But God's moving around the world. You can know that. He's moving here in America. He's moving here in Texas. When I say moving, I mean he is restoring people. He's reconciling relationships. He's calling people that left the church. He's calling them back to the church. He is calling prodigal sons and daughters home. He is restoring bitter relationships, and he's reaching and grabbing the most broken and hurting and messed up people on the planet. Uh, Jesus is not limited. His cross is not limited in its power. His resurrection, I mean, resurrection of the dead, that is the nth degree. I mean, if you can resurrect the dead, there is, there is nothing beyond that. That is it. And so Jesus is doing that. Uh, like, literally, he's doing that uh, around the world. But he's resurrecting dead hearts, and he's resurrecting people that, are, that feel numb, and that's what God's doing. And so when we talk about family, hey, that's the family here. Uh, that's who we want to be. And so if you're down, just grab someone and say, hey, I'm really down. I need the resurrection life again. And someone's going to, I guarantee you, they'll pray for you. They'll take you out to lunch. They'll say, come on to my life group. Let's go. Let's meet up. That's who we are as a people. We, want, we don't want people walking around wounded. We want to get them whole. And that's our heart. Amen? All right, Ash, I don't know how you're going to transition there, but yes, there you well, go. Well, I have, I have a great way to transition. I love you guys. I've been praying for you. <laughs> been thinking about you a lot while we've been gone. And we were in Italy. I don't know if you all knew that's where we were. And so we got to see some of the most beautiful places on planet Earth, you know, where you dream about what is the most beautiful place? We got to go and see them. And while I was there looking at the hills of Tuscany, I said, there's nowhere in the world I'd rather live than College Station, Texas. Amen. I am serious, you guys. It was beautiful. And I was listening to the Italian voices and I was eating gnocchi that would make you cry. It was so good. You know, it was like, I did that, but I don't want to live there. I want to live here and I want to be in church with you. And I love you. And I, and, and I saw my friends that have laid their lives down and are living in places that you're not even allowed to say the word because they could be in trouble for it, you know, and they're just these saints for who the world is not worthy. And I love them, but I wanted to come home to you. And so I just wanted you to know that. And I have a couple of quick testimonies that I didn't tell you I was going to share. But I want to say when you were talking, just of like, he's saying the Lord is moving. I just want you to like hear like some of the, just a few things. One is the, we, our friend Jimmy, who started the whole thing with his wife, Laura, he keeps saying God is tapping his friends on the shoulder. He is tapping his friends on the shoulder. So I want you to look for this. And he had told us that a few months ago when we were with him. But we got to experience like what he was talking about with this this uh, family that they live in Switzerland. They live in Lucerne, Switzerland. This man and his wife and their their son and he has like given. They have given their whole life to the sake of the gospel. They have like as part of, and started to pray for him. And then he just like wraps his arms around Tyler and just sobs. And he's like, "It's so hard. I'm I'm he you know just saying these words of like." I need 
help. I need help. I need people to come. And Tyler, I just felt like he like he was, rep- I need family. I need family. And I felt like Tyler in that moment represented like all of you because I wanted, I, to- I kept telling him, there's a body. There's a bigger body than you know because he was just looking at me and Tyler and I could see all of you. And I'm like, they'll go to Switzerland, you know? Like, And so I was like, and I invited him to come. I hope that they can come. But that was just one word of like seeing God tapping his friends on the shoulder and being like, I want to unify you guys so that we can accomplish this vision together, you know? And so that was one. And then also just, the, I'm going to share about this in a minute, but the, the way that God's presence fell upon us, it was the kind of thing that just made petty strife laughable. Like you're just like, those things that might have like offended you or bothered you about this or that, it was just like, gone. Like he was, yeah, the fa- what is it? It faded away. Yeah, it was like God was just like inviting us into a unity of the body that that it like demands the commanded blessing of God. Like was, God wants to bless us, but there is a, com- a commanded blessing that falls upon unity in the body. And I believe that's what, what he's inviting us into. And then the, the last encouragement that I wanted to share was there is this, this nation in the world that's big that has oppressed a certain people group. And we had friends that served there for a long time, but had to evacuate and leave because they were being persecuted. And there's some of our closer friends in the movement, and we were sitting at dinner with them at the very end, and they just so patiently listened to us, like, share our heart, you know? And whenever you talk to these missionaries that have been overseas, you're like, I don't even know if I'm saved. Like, (laughs) y'all's commitment to God, the things that you have to go through are so intense. But they started to tell us this story about where they live now is a different nation than when they were before, but they still have a heart for these people that they went to go go reach. And they found one of them in their nation. And so they started discipling this girl, and then they found another one. And they started discipling them, and then they found another one, and he was a man. And so through the long series of discipleship, the second female that they found they kind of became family to her and they they called him uncle like they they put a place of of family upon him even in their verbiage you know and so they were like our our uncle needs to meet you before you can like pursue her in marriage but they were both from this this unreached people group in that nation they were in before and so long story short through discipleship through them um do you want to say the final part Okay, okay. Uh, you kind of had it in your face like you wanted to say the punchline. Okay, so... Um, so okay. Okay, and so they, so they, like, after all this long series of discipleship, interviewing, everything, they performed the wedding for this, these two people from this people group, and they said they believed that that wedding was the first, like, Christian-known, believing wedding of that people group, and, like... Of a man and woman from that people group. A man and woman from that people group who have given their lives to Christ getting married because it just doesn't happen in that culture. It's like the first they're aware of. Uh, like, I mean, yeah. In like a thousand years. I mean, like, you know, it was in like any of our lifetimes. And so isn't that amazing? I mean, I got to see a picture of the wedding and they were all together. And so just be encouraged that God is moving in ways that you would never believe, you know? And so that, that was the testimonies I wanted to share. And then one of the most precious moments to me 
during the time was uh, we, so we're there with people that, you know, have laid their lives down to see Jesus move for, for, you know, their entire lifetime. And now their children are growing up and they're adults. And one of the words that kept getting spoken over our movement and I think over us, and I think it's precious that it's baby dedication today, was over the generations and how God is really longing for us to bless the younger generation and not just bless, but empower them and receive from them, allow them to lead us as well or, or in general. And one of the things that happened was, well, let me, I'll, sh- I'll share that in a sec, but the way that I explain it the best in my mind is when I was in college, some of you might've heard me share this before, but like I, I felt the Lord kept bringing people to come into me and say, you're a mother, you're a mother, you're a mother. But I was just like a college student. They were like teaching me that even as a young person, you can see others with the eyes of a father or eyes of a mother, and you can love them that way. And then when when John Lowe was here that Sunday of World Mandate that, like, I don't even know what happened. It was just crazy. Um, he said that, that there's a time in your life where you want to hit the home run, and then there's a time in your life where you want to see your kid hit the home run, like a, like a parent, but then grandparents just get excited about watching their grandkids eat a sandwich. You know, like he's like, they don't care if they hit a home run. They just like, they just want to watch him eat a sandwich, you know? And I felt like we, the Lord was inviting us to say, parents in this room, what if we, what if we had grandparent eyes? Like, what if we just got excited about seeing our kids eat a sandwich? You know, like what if there was a place inside of our hearts that um, had that maturity before, you know, and there's something that only time will do. I understand that. But like, I think that there's a place where we could receive from the grandparents in this room. And even the ones that aren't here, like that don't belong to this, this house, like because they don't live here. I'm thinking about like Mr. Slabos or the Duffies or the surfaces, different ones that happen to be in the room today that have invested in pillars of our house. And I just, at the end, I want to spend some time allowing for these people to come and pray for us and give us that that revelation. And that same kind of thing happened at the conference. And so we had Papa Joe and Jimmy and Laura, and they, and then we had Lauren, their daughter, and then Brady Lane, who grew up as a part of our church in the college ministry. And they had, so it was Jimmy and Laura and then their children. And they have got two different oils and they prophetically, I think we have a picture, they like prophetically mixed the oils together on the stage. You see them? So there's Jimmy and Laura and Papa Joe, who is just a leader in our midst. And then there's Brady and Lauren. And they took these two different oils that represented like the younger generation and the older generation. And they first, what they did is Brady and Lauren um, anointed Jimmy and Laura and Papa Joe just prophetically for the whole house. And they said, um, what the fire of God that has been placed upon us, we give it to you. And then they, then they in turn blessed the younger Papa Joe and Jimmy and Laura, blessed Brady and Lauren prophetically. And then they poured the oils together. And then every person in the room was anointed before the end of the night was over. And it just felt like this mixing of what was happening with the older generation and the younger generation coming together. And then what they did after that is the the worship team normally is a mixture of ages, but they just, they turned the leadership completely over 
to the younger generation and they led the whole room for the rest of the time. And there was such an anointing that came. Like as soon as that younger group got on the keyboard and started playing, it was just like God's presence just fell upon us because it was a greater anointing. And I really do believe that there is a greater anointing on the younger generation that if we're willing to walk in unity, that we'll receive the commanded blessing of God and that we will begin to experience and walk in a level of blessing and experiencing him and knowing him that we've never, ever seen before. And so the last thing I wanted to share was all throughout our whole time of being a church, we've had this word that we, sorry, my phone locked in my thing, okay, um, which is Isaiah 54, and it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle desolate cities. So that's been a word since the very beginning of Antioch that we have walked in, where it there's this promise of, of God, like he said, there's 40-something church plants in the U.S. and 80-something overseas. Like, God's doing that, you know? Um, but that this recent season for all of us in different ways has represented hardship or persecution or challenge like we've never experienced before. And one of the pictures that kept coming for us that someone spoke over us, but then in several different ways, Tyler and I, they were praying and ministering to us, and the picture was, of, of uh, it was not very encouraging at the beginning, um, but then it became encouraging because the word was, I see you and Tyler, and I felt like it kind of represented our whole church being like in a cave, and there's no way out. And I was like, this is not encouraging, you know? And then she was like, and then water's coming in the cave. And you're like trying to get out, you know? And it's kind of the higher, higher, higher water. And you're trying to get out of the cave, you know? And I was like, truthfully, I felt that way, you know? And I was like, this is good. And she was like, and then water hit the top and there was no way out. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. And then she goes, but then you turned into a fish. <laughs> and I was like, Amen. And so I really believe that is what he's doing, that there is a level of whatever that was. I don't know if God, it was God's water, whose water it was, but it made us to this place where we had no way out and God, we had to die. And he ra raised us up as new creations in a different kind of way. So I don't know theology or whatever, but that's what happened. It felt like that. We turned into fish. And that now we're experiencing a level of his presence that we could not have experienced before. And so, so we've had that Isaiah 54 word and that turning, and I really believe he's transformed all of us if we let him in the midst of this last season. And then there's this new word that's been, been shared and it really has been confirmed like so many times. And I'm gonna share it briefly, but we're looking forward to unpacking it more soon. But it's Isaiah 33. And it says, so try to remember Isaiah 54, the tent curtains stretching, lengthening cords, strengthening stakes, spreading about to the right and left and possessing nations. So that has been a word that has been accomplished and is continuing to be accomplished. But this Isaiah 33 word, it says, look at Zion, the city of our appointed feasts. So it's time to feast. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, an undisturbed settlement. So God has settled us. And then look at this, a tent which will not be folded. God is not folding this tent. He isn't folding us. And it says, its stakes will never be pulled up. 
nor any of its ropes torn apart. But there, the majestic one, the Lord will be for us. A place of rivers, have we been talking about rivers? And wide canals on which no boat with oars will go. And what kind of, what, what is a boat, what, what are oars used on a boat? Do men use them? They use them to paddle and go. And what we're believing for is like the type of river that we're going to in this new word is a place that boats with oars cannot go. Like our strength cannot take us there. It's a place where you have to turn into a fish to go. You know, it's like a place where, yeah, boats with oars cannot go. And then I was talking with Jimmy and Laura this morning, just asking for more information about that word. And then we planted a house, I mean, a church in uh, Indianapolis, in Indiana. And this morning, the leader of that church had texted Jimmy and said, you're not going to believe this because we've been talking about this Isaiah 33 word all weekend or all week in Rome. And he said, this morning that the leader of that church emailed or texted and said that they had someone that came with this word that said, the Lord is saying to put down your oars and raise up your sails so you can go to a place where only God can take you. And they had no idea about the Isaiah 33 word. And so it got shared like even just this morning twice in two different ways. And so I am believing that we will, and I, but, but that the unity, the whole mixing of oils, honoring the generations, by letting that the petty strife just fade away and feel almost laughable. You know, that that is all part of going to a place where boats with oars cannot go. And that there's something about the fact that this is a day about generations and children. So I just wanted to end with giving the chance for grandparents to, well, I'll just let you do that part. That's great. Um, Don't you feel encouraged and, you know, just back to that kind of word picture, you know, that may be new for some of you guys. You're like, what are you talking about? It's Remember, God said that, hey, in these days that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Um, Paul writes that the prophetic is for the building up and edification of the church. That is what prophecy is for. Um, we are talking about living in a way and in a day and age where the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, leads us and guides us in all truth. And so whenever we get a word or a picture or a scripture or something, it's like, okay, Lord, kind of uh, uh, mix that with the word of God. Like, let's let them go together. And what I love is what God's speaking these days. He's speaking so much scripture. He's just highlighting pieces to make sense of where we currently are and where he's wanting to take us. Does it make sense? These scriptures are written thousands of years ago. But God is using them now and has been for ages to speak to his people. Because his word is living and active, right? And so that's what God's doing. And, and you know, even with the idea of us feeling like we're in this cave and the water's up and we're stuck, the, the phrase that came to me was just, you know, God makes a way where there's no way. But you have to believe that. Like, you have to believe that wherever you are in your life or your situation, when you feel like, wow, this is impossible, that's the time to actually get on your knees, and say, okay, God, actually, I don't have a financial solution. I don't have a creative strategy. I don't have an idea. I don't have a fix it or a button to push to make this better. What do I do? And what he's saying is, you can't fix it. You can't row up that river to fix that. You've got to surrender to me and let me blow. And so it's not just putting on the oars. It's raising the sails. 
because you don't control the wind, right? You control oars. That is effort of men and women. But any boat that goes, especially even upstream, it's got to have the wind. It's got to have the wind of God pushing at them. So that's what we are believing for, if that makes sense, is that God is going to be blowing his spirit in a fresh way, not just here. He's doing it around the world. The stories we heard, half of them had nothing to do with Antioch churches. They did it with stuff happening with YWAM and Campus Crusade and this church in California and this movement in India and this thing in Europe and this deal. And you're just like, oh my gosh, God is tapping his friends on the shoulders. Doesn't care what color their skin is or what denomination they're part of. He cares if they surrender to Lord Jesus Christ and are willing to walk forward with him and be led by the Spirit of God. That's who he's tapping. So that's all we're sharing with you this morning is, hey, man, God's, he's looking for friends. And as someone put it this weekend, they said, hey, you, you, you want to be a friend. <laughs> uh, you don't want to be enemy. You, you want to be a friend. There, there's, there's only two options. Enemy of God, friend of God. There's not really an in-between. And so you, you want to be in the friend category, which simply means we just, Jesus said, hey, if you love me, obey my commands. You want to be a friend of Jesus? Obey him. And then you're in the friendship circle. Amen? So here's what we're going to do to end. I'm going to invite the band to come on up as we get ready to close. Um, but as it is Baby Dedication Sunday, and we're talking about this generational mixing the oils, we just thought, man, we just need to place some honor this morning. Because even at our conference, there was so much honor being placed on people that hasn't been placed before. And I think that is part of what God is doing. He is, he is, he is building unity in the church globally, but a big piece of that unity being built is actually people honoring one another. It's not bickering. It's not competing. It's honoring and so here's what we're going to do this morning. If you are a grandparent, like literally if you have grandkids, we just want to invite you to stand up just for a moment. If you're, if you're a grandparent, stand up just for a moment. Come on. Stay standing just for a moment. Stay standing. So some of y'all are here. Many of you are here because your grandbaby's getting dedicated today. Some of you are here part of this church. But we just wanted to honor you um, for, like, your place in the body and your place in our society as being a mother and father, a grandma and a granddad who has faithfully lived your life. Doesn't mean everything's imperfect, but you're standing now, and you have grandkids, and you have an opportunity to impart that wisdom and that knowledge and that love and that kindness and that... I just want to see you eat a sandwich. That's what we need. Like, we need grandparents, especially in the body of Christ, to be a grandparent. Not to be a college student. Not to be a young adult. Not to be a, a new. We need you to be you. And we are believing for, and I think God is really speaking, that there is something with the unity of the body of Christ that is not only just with honor, but it is with generational. You can't have unity just with one generation. It's, it's got to be it's got to be from zero to 80 or 90 or 100 or wherever you're going to it's got to be the whole deal there's got to be multi generations so where that honor goes upstream and downstream where the young honor and respect those who gone before them and the older's honor and respect say hey we want that zeal you have we want that fire come on lead us this morning so um, I'm just going to pray just a prayer of honor of you guys so Lord we thank you we thank you for these men and women who you love. And Lord, we are committed this morning to honoring them. 
Even though we don't know their story, you do. You know their story. But Lord, they're standing here this morning in this house, in this church, and on the same day that we honored and dedicate these little children, Lord, we honor them. And we just pray, would your hand be upon them? Lord, would you bless them and make their days great? Would they not retire from you or relationships? Oh, but Lord, let them press in. Let them share that love and that joy and those stories and that experience. Lord, I pray, would you give them favor in their age and in their season of life? Give them favor with family. Give them favor at their place of work or neighborhood or community. Lord, give them favor. Give them the respect and the honor that you so want to give them and place upon them so so that they are seen as, as elders in our community and wherever they live, God, that they are receiving that respect so that they can pour out so they can help and lend a hand to the younger generation. And yet, the younger generation can extend that zeal and that fire and that passion back up to them. Lord, we thank you for them. We bless them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together as we worship this morning. And again, I'm just going to have a few of our leaders come up here, a few of our life contributors make a way up here. If there's anything you need this morning, you need somebody to pray for you, you need someone just to cry with you, laugh with you, share something. A few of our life contributors are going to just be available just to do that with you. And um, yeah, Lord, we thank you. Spirit of God, we just invite you this morning. Minister as you see fit. We want whole hearts. We want our minds to be whole. We want our souls to be nurtured. This morning we pray. Come Lord Jesus.